Hello, hello, this is Tracy Harrell, and welcome to Bigger Than Me. Each week, we focus on how to achieve your definition of success and happiness. On Bigger Than Me, we bring together a combination of ageless wisdom, the latest research, and engaging interviews with amazing people who are sharing their stories to help each of us achieve our full potential. Your journey to transformation begins right now. Let's do this. All right, now let's do this, people. This is Tracy Harrell, and it is so much bigger than me. We have some repeat guests today. We had such a good time last week, didn't we? Mm -hmm. We did. It's bigger than me is very simple. You heard a recording, and I say we talk about our vision is very simple. We use technology, community, and positive psychology to help good people do great things. We tell stories, we share wisdom, we elevate expectations. That's what we do today. And today we're going to be talking about a continuation of last week's conversation, basically key principles that I talk about almost every week. Uh, basic, how, basically, how do we achieve your goals? Like, how do you achieve dreams in life? We're going to, we're going to talk about things like intention, how important it is to be intentional, how important it is to take action, toward achieving your goals. That's what this conversation is about. And I'm so excited about my guests. I'm excited about my repeat guests, but you can't, you can't fault me for um, my dear friend Natasha is visiting here from Florida. Uh, Miss Natasha Seeley, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. And um, I just want to say, Florida, I miss you. Seattle is <laughs> um, Oh, wait a minute. Have you had a, an amazing time? We have had a great, great time. I mean, Seattle's absolutely beautiful. However, what do you like most? What have you liked most um, so far? The, the glass Chihuly. Chihuly, yes. Chihuly, that's it, yes. sorry. Um, it was breathtaking. I, it, I, I'm without words. Like, I was sending people pictures. Like, you can't believe it. It's so huge. It's, it's gorgeous. <laughs> and, like, when you see things like that, like, you know there's a God. Wow. You know, like... To, for Julie him to be able to happy. create the, those type of structures in and yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's been, yeah. And you've had a lot of sun. We've had yes. Um, today's our first rainy day, and this isn't even really raining. You've been here for a week. You got it's here Sunday mist. of last week, <laughs> right? So there's a little mist happening mist. today. So you've seen Space Needle. We, we've kind of been playing around. We went so you, on the the harbor tour. We did the soaring thing. So, uh, we did a lot. We, I mean, Tracy, if you don't know, she is an <laughs> awesome host. <laughs> and she will make sure you see everything because I was like, no, it's okay if we stay. And she's like, no, no, I'm we like, have I'm like, we got five sunny out. days, baby. We're going <laughs> to use these sunny days to the fullest. And we have. Yeah. And what's really excited, exciting about having you here is I've had you on the radio show before when it was radio only without the video cameras. And you're gorgeous. You're beautiful. Yeah. And you have some <laughs> of my favorite stories. So when I think about people being intentional, um, I'm going to have each of our guests go around and basically introduce yourself and tell us why is being intentional important to you? Why is this important to all of us in achieving our goals? Well, I'm a human resources professional, and being in human resources, I realize how important it is for, you know, just I had a son to raise, and he's 23 now. You had a son now. to raise. We had a son to raise. Yes. Co-parent. It took a village, <laughs> and, um, you know, so Jordan. We're not, we're not a couple. Right. Didn't mean to imply that. But I have nieces and nephews. My honey and I have both chosen not to have children. It's not, it's not our thing. And as a single parent, it was my joy to just be a part to witness the great things you did with Jordan. And you were very intentional. And why was that important? Because I, I, you know, I was saying that 
in human resources, you see what's lacking when people come into the workforce. And I realized it was a responsibility of mine to make my child able to function in society and be able to contribute to a level where he, he understood his responsibility in it. And I understood that by me raising him correctly and setting expectations for him, when he went out into the world where they didn't love him the way I love him, he would be able to, um, to function in a way that he would be successful. And thankfully, I can say that he is. He is now currently an uh, officer in the military. So yes, there we yes, go. Thank yes, you. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, we'll talk more about Jordan. We'll come, we'll come back around. But being intentional was critical to raising your child. We're also going to talk a little bit more about you being intentional in your relationships and intentional in we're doing a little healthy eating oh. thing. <laughs> we'll come back to that if there's time. If not, that'll be a whole nother show. So we also have another guest, Quilly. Mm-hmm. Can you introduce yourself? Tell us uh, about your organization and then why why is being intentional so important? Okay. Well, my name is Quilly Vure. I'm the owner and founder of Deep Poetic Soul. And it's a platform where I can share powerful stories and poetry to inspire others um, to heal and to develop their spirituality. I love the concept of bigger than me because, and as it relates to intentionality, because every little thing we do as an individual has an effect on the world that we see today. Mm. So if we ever find ourselves not liking what we see, it Mm. took each and every person and an action from each of us to create our current reality. So it's there's power in understanding that you are a co-creator with the world around you. Mm. Mm. All right now. <laughs> Woo, we're going to have a good conversation today. We have and, and by the way, Quayley was here last week. You may not recognize her because she had braids had my down braids here. <laughs> but it is the same woman in case you're watching week to week. Is that the same one? Yes. yes and yes. you're gorgeous either way. Thank you. Pastor much. Brooks, you brought your better half with you. Can yes, you uh, yes. introduce yourself? Pastor of Discipleship Church Ministries. I brought my lovely wife with me, Tanya Brooks. Amen. My better half. Mm-hmm. Amen. And we're just glad to be here to be a support to you Excellent. in what you're doing here in your endeavors. We're praying that God will just take control and realize that it is bigger than us. I'm going to have you look at that camera right there because I think Mike has you zeroed in. Okay. Yep. Yeah. But uh, I am here today. I'm a proud father, mm-hmm. proud business owner, entrepreneur, business, uh, Brooks Family Barbershop in Columbia City, Seattle, Washington. All right. And uh, we're just here today to be a part of whatever we can do to be responsible for the moment. I, I love it. I mm-hmm. love it. And when you talk about being intentional, Natasha was talking about being intentional as mm-hmm. a single mother raising her child. And we'll talk more about that. Yes. And you said you were intentional raising every yeah. child that came into your barbershop, barbershop. over a 20-year period. Yes, 28 years. Wow. Capacity of, we have had over 200 young men that are my sons, mm. in spite of my own fa- immediate family, mm. to be responsible. I and love as they go out forth to the community, yes. they know what their responsibilities are. Mm. So Mm-mm. I'm a proud African-American man, and I love the Lord All with right. no energetic apology. All right. <laughs> All right. Miss Tanya, can you pass the mic over to Tanya? Yes. I will lean in a little bit. Tanya Brooks, um, tell us why is it important? You have children as well. I do. I have a daughter that's 24. And so um, why is it important for you to be intentional? I think it's important to be intentional just because I like to see progress. 
I don't like to be stagnant. So if I'm intentional about anything that I want to set my mind to, I like to look over the previous. Six months ago, was I in the same place? A year ago, was I in the same place? I like to see progress. I like to see forward movement. So I'm intentional with things that I do because I like to see the progress. I love it. I love it. And also, I think I heard you say when we were talking over lunch, and Natasha was telling us some stories about her child, and, and Pastor Brooks was, was sharing um, some of his insights. What I heard you say about you raising your daughter was the primary thing that you said was key to you, that you were intentional about was not being her friend, but being her parent. Um, All heads are nodding in the room for anybody who has kids. I thought it was mm-hmm. crucial that there was a separation, that she understood that I was her parent and not her friend. Now that she's 24, I can be more on the friend's line to guide, mm-hmm. um, less parenting. But in those crucial adolescent years, she had to know and understand that I was the parent and not her friend. And I was very intentional in that. All right now. I love it. I love it. Okay, we have our, our, our last guest, not our least guest, uh, the strong and silent type. Hey, James. How you doing? How are you? Can you lean into the microphone and tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and why is being intentional so important? Where are you from? Because I think you had a great story about transition. So who are you, where are you from, and why is being intentional so important? Because you're doing great work in the community all over the place. <laughs> the strong, silent type in the back. Well, uh, my background. Name is- my name is James. I'm originally from uh, Sierra Leone. What's your, la- what's your last name? First and last name. Uh, last name is uh, Karama. Uh, first name is James. I'm representing a Federal Way Black Collective. Uh, it's an organization that tries to do change towards uh, policy amendments. And we've been pretty much an organization for almost two years. Uh, we do a lot of work in terms from the education perspective, dealing in terms with councils. Uh, even recently right now, an initiative that was passed, it was a Stable Homes Initiative, we worked very hard with some of the council members and educators to make sure it was a success. And that alone is going to encompass what's going to happen, not just within federal way, but throughout the state. There's even ideas now that in terms of the eviction, a landlord used to have leeway to do as they want. Now, because of that initiative, you have in areas as far as California and Oregon who are now saying, you're not going to give the authority to at least uh, the individuals before you evict them. You know, you're just going to evict somebody for just cause. You now actually have a real reason before you can do it. And one of the other things, too, that we're working towards, besides the education in the community section, we also host a lot of drives. Uh, so recent, we have a coat drive that's going to be embarked that started from November 1st all the way to January 30, 31st of 2020, where you look around within your community and within your city, you see a lot of people who are homeless. Uh, you know, they're struggling. They're out there in the cold. And we try to make sure that they can come inside with some of the partners that we have. You know, they can look at the jacket. that can be on a the rack. They can wear that. You know, at least we could give them something comfortable, something warm for the day. And we're trying to make sure that everything we do, we uh, enlist and bring other organizations and collaborate with them. That uh, since it is a collective, so whenever you go out throughout the state, you're going to see a piece of us there. You know, we're trying to assist you. We're trying to help you. You know, we're just going to look aside and just figure that uh, we're fragmented. That's never been our goal. And I'm pretty much just trying to be here to represent that. And personally for myself, I work in community. uh, I'm a community relations specialist. I deal in terms of rehab of people with disabilities. But I'm looking for a lot Mm -hmm. of more things. But greater than that, uh, several projects that I'm associated with that deal more within the education system, uh, deal in terms of STEM, and uh, 
going to be some great progression moving forward, definitely for the year 2020. I love it. I love it. It's bigger yeah. than me, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we love you. So thank you so much. What I also loved about you, James, is you you made some uh, comments earlier. We were talking and we, we talked about this concept of being intentional. You're living a very intentional life, helping others. When I say it's bigger than me, I'm out there. We're doing this work because I know together we can change things. Like that's kind of my whole vision. Yeah. You know, Mike, can you can you zoom in on our vision real quick? He's like, no, I cannot. Okay. So we so our vision is we help real people turn dreams into reality. We turn hope into how. We build on this power of purpose, destiny, and legacy. And and, and coming together. Together we are the solution. We basically have everything we need mm-hmm. to take our community to the next level. I'm basically creating this this platform for us to do it. And, and in January I have my third book coming out first. Um, and it's called It's All Bigger Than Me. It's basically an invitation for each person mm-hmm. to bring whatever gifts they have to the table to make the world a better place. So I just want to say thank you for all that you do, for all the multiple things you're doing in the community. And I will definitely have you back on and we'll be talking yes. some more. Each of you will be coming back on. But just thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Now, now I'm not going to let you off the hook yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Mike has the camera on you. No, he has the camera on the vision statement now. So, Mike, I'm going to see if you can zoom in on this handsome gentleman, uh, if you can. Um, because the other thing I wanted to do is actually, I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't know if you can get him. You got him real quick. So one of the things you said, James, was you talked about coming here from another country mm-hmm. and you said it was important to be intentional because like what she said about the outcome, like you wanted to see a different outcome. Um, the outcome, you know, when I come here, I'll, I'll be honest to you on this, uh, you know, I had a broken English a little bit. And, you know, of course, you're going to be kind of more of an outcast. I uh, dealt that with that quite a lot, you know, in elementary school. Um, you know, some of the people that I associated with in terms of education, actually, I was getting, you know, quite a lot of fights, too. There was a point where because uh, the education system from where I come from followed the English standard, you know, like a Form 1, Form 2, I was in a higher grade. Um, I was like in 8, 9 years old, and I'm already at a middle school level. Well, because I was getting some fights, I got put back a grade uh, to say, well, you know, maybe you're not quite mature enough because of the age. And it was just the adjustment portion of it. But I didn't let that deter me. You know, some of the people that graduated even before me, uh, they, in some instance, I still was able to catch up with them in terms of education and other aspects of life. But the thing that I look at is even though there can be a, a, a barrier it doesn't mean it's going to be a hindrance for you, mm. um, whether it's education or whether it's kind of just familiarizing yourself with a different country and the people that you associate with yourself with in terms of work or any kind of environment. And so even up to right now, I still try to make sure it's a learning process for me, you know, learning a little bit more about America in terms of its functions uh, from the financial aspect, uh, business handles. And I still try to make sure I'm keeping in contact with people back home because Home really is where the heart is. You know, I'm not going to disregard my country or continent, even though there might be some things that might not be more forthcoming. Mm-hmm. I still mm-hmm. got to keep that strong pride of uh, I love it. Uh, remembrance. I love mm-hmm. it. So, Mike, I'm going to I'm going to ask Natasha a question now. I don't know if you can zoom in on her, but she's about to get put on the spot. So we have such a great conversation. Thank you for that. For that, James. Um, Natasha. Now, a couple of things. <laughs> I know she's setting me up. I know I she's setting me up. I, Come on. You have so many have great <laughs> stories to share. So we're talking about being intentional. You said you were intentional about raising Jordan. Yes. Jordan Seeley, who I actually can't play the video because we had so many people in the room. I 
decided to take the monitor down. So we'll we'll have him on another show. We'll we'll, we'll do a call in. We'll bring in the video. Mm. He's amazing. Thank like you. he really is a shining star. I my my. Mm. Just there's such a joy when I just think about all that you did with with him and for him. But you also said that was important for you to be intentional every day and making special certain decisions because you're also from another culture. And then I I want you to tell that story. One of the early stories, because I think, you know, investing in your child when he's young, teaching him certain um, rules, certain uh, parameters around certain standards, I'll use a simple word here, mm-hmm. clear standards of expectation. You were intentional about that. Let's talk about where you're from, why this culturally, you were like, hey, I'm going to make sure that my son understands um, clear standards of excellence. Well, I was born in um, Georgetown, Guyana. That's in South America. And I came to America when I was five. And so for me, much like um, what James went through, it was a cultural difference. Mm -hmm. And one of the main things was in Guyana, we didn't have television. So when I came here and I saw, you know, I was introduced to television and Cosby's and this and all these other things, Mm -hmm. I thought that there was something wrong with my culture because my parents didn't parent me the way that I saw that it was being done Mm -hmm. on television. On the Cosby show. So on the Cosby (laughs) show, you know, so if, you know, something was you know, if we did something wrong, you were punished, and that was it. Nobody was coming in to talk to you, to hug you, to kiss you goodnight. You know, things like that. Mm-hmm. It was just you were in trouble, and you understood. The expectations were set, and you did them. You know, there was no conversation, you know, things like that. So when I had my own child, I realized that there were parallels to both cultures that I wanted to have when I was mm-hmm. raising him. Mm-hmm. So there were some things in terms of the structure that I had being Caribbean that I wanted to hold on to. But there were also some things from the American culture in terms of giving your kids a voice and letting them be able to express themselves that I wanted to bring into the way he was raised as well. So that Mm -hmm. was intent. So as he was growing up, we had an understanding is like the first thing was you do what I tell you and then we can talk about it. Because if I tell you to stop and we're in a parking lot, I need you to stop right away. I don't need you to tell me you dropped your toy or all the reasons Mm -hmm. because by then you can get hit by a car. Mm -hmm. So once you stop, the car can go by and then you can tell me you dropped your toy. So it it created a space where he was able to communicate. But at the same time, I was able to protect him. He understood that there were boundaries. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, so those were the things that I always did with him. It was always no matter what happened, no matter if he got in trouble in school or he got in, in his class. He always had to say before he went to bed, I'm the best. So every night we had uh, just a part of our our process was I said goodnight. I said I loved you. We say our prayers. And he said he was the best. So he always knew that whether I was angry at him, whether he was at his best mm-hmm. or his worst, he was still the best. So when it came. Real, real quick, Mike, I don't know if you can um, zero in and do a close up on Natasha. He's saying no, he cannot. Okay, well, we'll keep moving. So, so, when, so I need you to tell. I need you to tell. I'm gonna just break, break. I need you to tell my favorite story on Jordan. Well, and I had to give the preface to that because I wanted people to understand that even though I was tough on him, that it was, came from a place of love. You know, I, I needed to give that part before and, I told and, you. And the reason story. the reason I love this story is because I think so many times, like mm-hmm. we we don't, you know, we say a thing. We, we set certain standards and then the child does not adhere or do whatever he needs to do to um, align with your expectations. Then we don't actually we don't necessarily hold true because it's actually hard work. It's a lot to hold true to whatever the 
consequences. Especially it's like every action, as a single parent. every action has a consequence. And I think you also said as a single parent, there were extra. Yeah, because you're punished too. When you punish your kid, when nice. they can't go out, if they can't watch television, you know, whatever it is, you can't do it either. So if you're waiting for the next Toy Story to come out, you know, and to have that experience with right, them. you can't go to see Toy Story until they're off of punishment. So, you know, those type of things. If you hold true. Which is important. Is the follow-through. The follow-through. So, so, again, so you were an intentional parent. So for those watching, I just think this is one of many stories. But being intentional is critical. So Can you tell us a little bit about... So Toy Story was one of those things that was very special to us because it came mm-hmm. out around the time when he was growing up. So he kind of followed the same path as the, the character in the story. But So he was a great student. And so every time he got 100 on the spelling test, he was in first grade. We would go to McDonald's, you know, and so they had the Bud Light Year watches, like it was like for each one of the characters. And so every week we would go, and he kept getting the Woody watch, but he would never get the Buzz Lightyear watch. And so you can't tell them, you know. So the little boy in his class had the Buzz Lightyear, so he wanted to trade, and the little boy didn't want to trade, so he just went in the cubby and traded himself. So in the real world, that's stealing. Yeah. In his mind, <laughs> it was a fair trade. So. The teacher did, and he was, it was such an innocent he was act. five years old? He, yeah, because we, yes. yeah, he was five. Um, and um, so the teacher did a bag check because the little boy said, my watch is gone, found the, the watch in Jordan's bag. So I lost my mind, and all, <laughs> full disclosure, because my child can't be a thief. You know, that's one of the, the you know, if you're a thief, you're lying. If you're a liar, thief. That's culturally, that's the way we were raised, okay? So he came home, and after, you know, a few choice words. Um, <laughs> the punishment became that, you know what, you have everything and you're not thankful for what you have mm-hmm. because you're stealing. So now you're going to be punished for 30 days and you're going to have to just do it what you have on. Whatever mm-hmm. you're wearing to school today, that's what you're wearing for the next 30 days. And all you get to change is your socks and your underwear. So that meant he wore the same thing to church. He wore the same. We had a wedding to go to. He wore it to a wedding. <laughs> and, and what it, was it? You have to describe this cute so little outfit. It was. Because uh, I spoke to Jordan. He remembers, he remembers it in detail. He remembers this. And how old is he now? 23. He's 23. He will tell you about this story even cuter than she does. So he had a, it was a white t-shirt. It was a guest t-shirt with red, black, and white on the front <laughs> with some black guest jeans. And he had his little light up sneakers. And all he got to change was underwear and his socks. For 30 days, his teacher saw me mm. out and she was like, can my baby change his clothes? I'm like, no, it's not over. And it's hard <laughs> because we went to a wedding and, you know, it, you know, those are times you dress your kids up, you get to show them off and that type of stuff. But it's not about me. As she says, it's bigger than me. You mm-hmm. know, it so happened Christmas yeah. fell within his 30 days. And so he was getting his first Game Boy and his dad had told him that's what he was getting for Christmas. And, mm-hmm. you know, we lived in separate households. So those gifts were important. Right. And um, it came, it was wrapped, and he, Christmas was gone. Like, there was no Christmas. So Christmas came, Christmas gone, right. and Jordan did not get to open any presents because he was on punishment. And he, so... I love that. I mean, to, to, to pause and swallow, <laughs> how many parents actually followed through to this extreme? So my mom always kissed. She yeah. lived in New York, and she always came for, to spend the holidays with us. She's upset with me. She's crying. Jordan's crying. His father's... <laughs> giving me his choice words on the phone. I'm being too hard on him. So I told him, I said, listen, and 33rd, for those of you that don't live in Orlando, is where the jail is. 33rd Street. Right. So I told Mm -hmm. him, I said, so wait, let me ask y'all a question. Do they open up the jails on Christmas and Mm -hmm. let the thieves out? 
Absolutely mm. not. Whatever your sentence is, you have to serve mm. it. So at five years old, I held firm to that. And it was hard mm-hmm. because not, you want nothing more. Like as a parent of a five-year-old, you live for Christmas. You are shopping <laughs> from the day after Thanksgiving, you know, the year before because it's half price. And, you know, you mm-hmm. have it stored in the bottom of the closet. And there's nothing more than you want than to see that joy. And, but it wasn't about that. And mm-hmm. it wasn't about me. And it wasn't a, like she said, it's not about being their friend or their favorite person. Right. It's about what is he going to take from this? And I can mm-hmm. promise you, he has never, ever stolen another thing. And he remembers the outfit. He remembers the sneakers. He, mm-hmm. he knows and he understands why I did it. Mm-hmm. You know, at that moment, he was like, yeah, she's so mean and so forth. But as he got older, he knew that if I said I was going to do something, mm-hmm. he wasn't cute anymore. And he smelled funny now. And so <laughs> if I didn't bend then, I certainly was going to bend at 13 or 15 or 17. Right. So um, Tracy loves to hear when I tell that. But it, it wasn't about being harsh on him. It was it was about the follow through and the accountability. Totally. And it's always about you right. know, like no matter mm-hmm. where, what situation it is, he always knew if my mom said it, she was going to do it. And, and you're quite controversial in a loving way. And I, and I like that, too. One of the things you say that I'm like, well, is it true? And you're like, oh, yeah, it's true. Let's let's talk a little bit about again. So she's an intentional parent. You mm-hmm. got some other intentional parents here, too. Real quick. Can you just tell us about this concept of you said you do not love your son unconditionally? Again, this is back to setting standards, people, for your kids. Now, again, this is controversial, so don't write us or email us or anything. These are choices that she has made for her son, who's absolutely amazing, and we will have him on the show to defend these tactics. But can you mm-hmm. tell a little bit about what you said to him, why you said it to him? And when I say Jay, this guy, Jordan is not only amazing, he's, like, like outstanding in every way. Like, he's a good person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But, but let's talk a little bit about kind of some of the other things that you did that were quite controversial. Um, But again, it helped to develop who he is. Well, I mean, again, unconditional is a strong, like it's a strong statement. Like God loves us unconditional, but Mm. he's God. I'm just human. And (laughs) so therefore, I'm just mama. I'm just human. But I think that so many times children take their parents' love for granted because they think that regardless Mm. what they do, they're going to be there. So yeah. for my son, it was, I will support you unconditionally as long as what you're doing deserves to be supported. Mm-hmm. So right. there are people in this world that have to make choices to survive. So they may, you know, think to do things that are not considered the most upstanding. Um, so if you have to eat, yeah, you might steal. Or if you have to, you know, feed your there are different choices that you make. So that's a different Meaning situation. desperate times may require desperate measures. She's never going to approve stealing, obviously. But right. basically what you're saying is for you, Jordan, right. my that, love is not, that's not, is his not story. unconditional. So there was never a time that he was hungry. There was never a time that he was in an unsafe situation. There was ne- that, that wasn't his story. So because of that and because of the sacrifices that I made, that my family made, you know, we raised our kids together. You never had to put yourself in a situation to make a criminal decision. So if you did, if you went out there and made a choice to do something that you knew was illegal, don't call me. (laughs) I'm not there for that. Mm -hmm. That's not unconditional. I'm not going to say that was a mistake because you went into it knowing it was wrong. You made a choice. I think a huge, huge, huge opportunity for many parents is 
not drawing a clear line between actions and consequences. Right? I mean, we got some other parents here. Mm-hmm. We're going to zoom in to the pastor real mm-hmm. quick. How important is it for, to, to draw that line, to make it very clear? Mm-hmm. Actions have consequences. You have boundaries, and you have to hold them accountable. But you got to raise them and spend time with them. <laughs> yeah, you have to spend time with your child. You know, it's, Let's it's, talk about that. So you're talking about there needs to be an investment. Fathers yes, need to be yes. present. So you've got a gift. Everyone don't have a gift. Everybody does have and, a gift. And a child is a gift. Mm. Amen, what I'm talking about. Oh. The child is a gift. Everyone don't have them, but but he gives you the responsibility to raise them and be accountable in their lives. Mm. And when we fail to do that and we'll let society raise them and come into our home and tell us how to raise them, now we got a taskmaster on our hand. Have you look at that and as we do have the taskmaster on our hand, now we have to be the victim of circumstance. Mm. And if you're here in Seattle watching, they build a $250 million juvenile detention center mm. for our children mm. when so they could have took that $250 million <laughs> and put it into education. So basically, if we don't teach them that actions have consequences, the, the will. system will. Mm-hmm. So it's important to yes. set these type of standards and to hold mm-hmm. firm. Mom, you're over there nodding your head. What do you have to say well, about the importance of I think discipline and, and discipline attention? Discipline is important. I think there's a balance between both. However, I think that your child needs to know your expectation and that you will follow through. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very important. And they're watching you. So I wasn't one of those parents that said, don't do that, but I can do it. No, they're watching you. They watch how you talk. Mm. They watch how you interact with people. They watch how you deal with hurt. They watch mm-hmm. how you deal with consequence consequences. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just important to be consistent as well as have a balance of love care and respect but Mm. during those adolescent ages if we don't teach them the streets will Mm. and I wasn't giving my daughter over to the street she was mine I birthed her I had her and I Mm. wanted her to be as productive as she wanted to be as well Mm. was she perfect absolutely not did she make bad choices absolutely but she was able to own her own choices Mm. she didn't blame them on her friends she made the choice Mm. and I had a standard if you ever go to jail don't call me I don't bail people out of jail. See? Thank God she never went to jail, but See? she had that ingrained <laughs> in her. I love it. That if you go to jail, I don't bail out people from jail. So um, meaning your actions will have consequences. Have, I will not be there for absolutely you. Absolutely not. That is not how we as a family roll. Absolutely. Right. I love it. Yes, sir. But there will come a time when my own son went mm-hmm. to jail. Mm-hmm. When I said the same thing. Yes. But when you are a parent and you love your child, yes. you know, one gentleman said to me, if that was my child, I wouldn't, have, wouldn't, wouldn't see him. So it wasn't your child. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, but when I, have, I went to see my child yes. and prayed with him, yes. I'm talking about on a Sunday after right out of walked out, the, out of the pool pit mm-hmm. and went right to the jailhouse. Mm. We prayed. The next day he called me about eight o'clock in the morning. He said, Daddy, mm. meet me in Everett. I said, What meet you in Everett? You finna do eight months. He said, No, meet me in Everett. They finna let me out. Wow. I'm talking about, okay, well, I said, that's a Paul and Silas experience. It's time for you to put on your traveling shoes. But when you get out, you're going to definitely be held accountable. Wow. Until this day, I have him at 38 years old by my side. I get mm. to see him every day working with me in the Brooks wow. Family Barbershop. All right. Amen. And, and I have to go back and redo my work. You never through over parenting. Mm. But out of all of my children, all of them understand that I do not waver unapologetically. Mm. I am a believer. And I want you to know that there's consequences in whatever you do with mm-hmm. me. I'm not compromising. I'm not lost. Mm. 
So you need to be fine. <laughs> and, 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 and you come to daddy. I don't care how you feel or what you think. But in our community, when our children don't have that, when they don't, when I, when I, and when we don't hold our children accountable for their words and their deeds and their mm-hmm. actions, then we are advocating to let them do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. But it's not about that because if we don't, then we have to go and visit them. And I've been over to over 800 and something funerals in the last 30 years of my wow. life in in the south end of Seattle. Wow. Alone. So the 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 alarm is get up and do something and be a, a be a responsible parent. I love it. I love it. You have it. to be. If you I, don't then it's on you. Yes sir. Oh, oh. You mind if I add on that? I, yes. I would <laughs> love it. <laughs> uh, based on what you just said, you and your wife said, you know, most of this is learned behavior. You know, they're going to pick yes. up some of these characteristics at home. Yes. And then based on how they see that, that's how they're going to convey it in the rest of society. I think yes. you mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, if your kids are falling the wayside, if the community yes. will pick them up. But what community are you looking towards to? Because if you have a strong support, a strong system, yes. you know, like the whole saying that it takes a village to raise a child, mm-hmm. that would be yes. something that can help you out. But if you just decide, you know, disregard that, we don't have any kind of structure, mm-hmm. that's when they do fall on the wayside. Mm-hmm. But in this situation, you know, the parents can learn from the kids and vice versa because that's how it works. You know, you don't have to be the friend. You still got to be that's the right. teacher. That's you right. Know? Mm-hmm. And then you mm-hmm. learn as you go along the way, you know, some of this behavior, like I said, it's nature versus nature. But they pick it up and then they can adapt, you know, based on the system and the environment they grew up in. That's how it's going to capitulate when they go outside of the home. So these are just the things you know I'm considering, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> and that we tend to lack. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessary within our culture, our structure, it's, it's universal. 100%. So it, it, we got to kind of work together to kind of develop it and build it. Otherwise, it's, you know, it's a fractured situation and a system that we're going to have and leave for future generations. I, I, absolutely. It's That's so right. funny. When you, when I, like I said, you guys know I've worked 25 years in corporate America, eight years at IBM, mm. 14 years at Disney, my last five at Microsoft. And, and honestly, I, this last year has been the best year of my life because I know I'm actually doing work right now that is 100% focused on how do we make the world a better place yes. for generations to come. That's this right. is about systems change. This is about bringing us yes. together to actually change things. So I am super excited about it because I'm like, if not me, then who? Mm-hmm. And if not now, then when? Mm-hmm. Right? I, I want, you know, when I drop the mic, mm-hmm. you know, I want God to say, well done. I'm doing as much as I can do. I'm putting yes. it out there. I am taking action. So we yes. talk, we, we started the show talking about being intentional, mm-hmm. taking action. You know, we got amazing examples of yes. individuals taking action and, and, and transforming. Like you, you're doing a lot of work in the community. Mm-hmm. There's tons of amazing things happening here. And I love your story, Miss. Coeli, right? When you talk about the evolution, you talked about, you know, working to inspire others and your own personal journey mm-hmm. of healing and growth mm-hmm. and getting to the next level. When I, you know, people are watching. I mean, this is out there for the world to see, mm-hmm. right? Oh, I have a book launching in January, by the way, called It's All Bigger <laughs> Than Me. So basically, we have over a year's worth of, of videos that we're going to have perfectly tagged and YouTube. So these conversations are, are really, we want them to be accessible for everyone. There's a little something here for everyone, whether you have mm-hmm. children or whether mm-hmm. you're trying to do work in the community or you, you're trying to start a business or you just want to be your best self, lose some weight like me, right? Uh, you have some other addiction, whatever it might be. This show is about how do we help each person to get to the next level? And I, and I know you've done some work around relationships. You've done some work around healing and, and thinking differently and, 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 you know, helping others to well, kind of get there. Is there anything you want to share? to this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is a bit more controversial as well, um, coming from the perspective of healing and spiritual development. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. There is no blanket way to raise kids. 100%. You're not going to find a blanket way. I think parents who have success, I think they deserve all the praises in the world because parenting is, I mean, as I grew and mature, I had my son, I got pregnant on my first time. You know, I didn't have my mother. How old were you? I was 15 when I got pregnant. Mm -hmm. So I've heard heard of that from other people. I didn't have my mother. I didn't know my biological father. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, raised here and there. And so anyway, that was still my choice. And my mm-hmm. family held me accountable mm-hmm. and really told me, look, you don't have your mother or father. So now you cannot be here with the child. So I had very rough, rough uh, time. And I had to learn <laughs> to take accountability for my actions. But what I learned as a parent, there's no blanket way. For and sure. as soon as soon for as you sure. think that there's a blanket way, um, that could actually be the thing that sets you up for failure. Mm-hmm. Now, from a healing and spiritual development viewpoint, I believe that we are born into the exact families that we are supposed to be born mm-hmm. in. All right, now. That nobody can trigger us the way our family member mm-hmm. can trigger us because those are the souls that were meant to come through specific portals that locked that kind of put them together you see what i'm saying even mm-hmm. if you you're in a family where you had a missing parent mm-hmm. you know um that has a lot to do with what your soul is supposed to experience uh, one, and 100%, overcome the good the ba- right i love that so maybe you're under overcoming abandonment issues and mm-hmm. different things right and so when i look at me and my son i see that he was we were the perfect match mm. to teach each other mm-hmm. and i see that he's not mine he came through me. Mm. He's not mm. from me. He came through me. You see what I'm saying? Like 100%. I provided the perfect portal for him to come through. Me and his father's seed allowed his specific soul to come through mm-hmm. when it did. Yeah. And so I can't, I have to look at, you have to look at the child you're dealing with. I have mm-hmm. two children. Absolutely. I have a five-year-old girl and a 15-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. And they are very different. Absolutely. Now my boy... I, I do love the fact that they're watching what you do. I, I, that first was of all, the best how teacher. Criti- how critical is that? <laughs> right. Because when you said that, I, I know everybody, every head in this room was nodding, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you watched your parents, I'm sure. We all know how important it is to, 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 to set a good example through mm-hmm. your actions. Not so, do what I say. Right. Do what I do. Because that's was, what's going to happen Do anyway. not as I do, but do as I say. That's right. what it was before. Right. And that that's doesn't sh- work. That's shenanigans. That I call work. that shenanigans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as I grow, grown and as I have grown and matured as a parent, I made sure that what I did and what he saw me do had greater impact and was going to speak louder that. than what I was telling him. Mm-hmm. So in my that. mind, I'm always showing him more than I'm telling him. And so when I decided to heal, my son healed. Mm. And it was without me telling him or forcing mm. a healing, you know, some type of regimen on him. Absolutely. Now, you know, I can, did can little you, can things. You pa- can, you, yeah. can you pause real quick? Because we're going to have a whole show. I'm not saying mm-hmm. don't continue, but yeah. just so keep <laughs> your train of thought. I just wanted to pause and kind of put the kickstand down mm-hmm. for other parents to hear what she just said. She said when she healed and worked on herself, being your best self, your children benefited from that. Right. All we can do at the end of the day, people, when we're trying to be our best selves and change the world, is do be the best me that we could be 
and watch it impact others in our in our mm-hmm. space. Because guess mm-hmm. what? It's bigger than me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm writing all about these bigger than me moments because mm-hmm. it's so much bigger than me. And it is about being your best self. So thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. So parents, whatever you want your child to do differently, think about what you're doing today and how your actions can speak louder than your words. So I, I love that. I love that so much. What What would you say? Where this is the fastest hour you've ever had? We got mm-hmm. 17 minutes left. Mm-hmm. So um, real quick. So I'm gonna have the two of you kind of um, share this similar. You shared similar stories. So when you talk about your actions mm-hmm. and things that you experience as a part of your transformation. I know you have some great poetry. You have some things that you talked about. There was one of the, um, let me turn around here. Was it? Reincarnation. Reincarnation. I'm not sure if that's the one. You know, purpose. Oh, purpose. Let, let's, yes. talk, let's talk about mm. purpose. And for those who don't know, can you tell them you, you, you not only do you write poetry and you perform poetry, but you create these beautiful, Mike, what's the best place for me to put this for you to try to zoom in? Is that okay. a good place? So he's going to try to zoom in on that. He, he's just saying he's not going to zoom in on that. Okay. Oh, if I hold it up, you. Oh, oh. <laughs> so it's called purpose. Can you can you just tell us a little bit about this one? Well, this um, is my framed poetry, mm-hmm. and um, I used to I do perform. But when I used to perform, when I just started, people would ask me, "Do you have that in print?" So I created mm-hmm. a product that I could offer. Mm -hmm. And um, this frame says, uh, the purpose of life is to achieve the highest good through awareness and true transformation. And so we're talking about intentionality. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to have awareness of where you're at and the acceptance to actually achieve true transformation. Mm -hmm. I know you wanted me to bring reincarnation. So since you're an artist, I love reincarnation. So tell us about that. I'm going to hold it up real quick. I think Mike likes it when I hold it up. Whether you believe in reincarnation or not, whether you believe that this is the only life we've lived or you've lived many lives, the the effect is still the same because it's talking about patterns. It's talking about um, what we pass on generationally. So this says healing life's aches and pains over and over again. Until we get it right, until we see the light, deja vu, it's true, we'll just keep cycling through. Mm. So it doesn't matter when you decide that you're going to change. Eventually, change is going to happen because you will be weary and you will get tired of having the same results. Mm. Girl, that's deep. That is deep. So it it actually perfectly aligns. Mm -hmm. I think it's a perfect transition as well. There's so much we could talk about. Again, you guys are all invited back. We're going to continue these conversations um, but one of the things you were talking about, Miss Miss Natasha, I think you're an amazing exactly. parent. You and I are doing some work around weight loss. I think last week I talked about one, you know, weight. We I actually lost seven pounds since. Um, hey. And again, but it's not about the weight, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Remember, we had this conversation. This is about me deciding that success is not being able to eat whatever I want whenever I want. That was my definition of success. Now I'm saying success is really me being able to make decisions right that are going to accrue to my long-term and short-term goals around health and wellness. So slightly mm-hmm. different mindset. And, but it's not just about having a different mindset because you got to take action too, mm-hmm. right? So success and, and change and transformation, it really is about reincarnation. I don't know if I don't believe in reincarnation in that mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. But um, death happens... Death and rebirth happens when we're alive. Absolutely. We are constantly dying. That, that, from dying our old to self, self is shedding. 
Right. There you go. Every so day. dying to self. Right. And so we've done some work around health and wellness. We had like one of the healthiest Thanksgivings ever. We have a whole, we're done. We did tons of videos. You'll see that one later. We'll talk about it later. But what I'd like to talk about in, in a few minutes we have left is really to, t- to tap into, um, and we're changing every day. Like we are making choices every day mm-hmm. to accrue to uh, healthier lifestyle. I just want to prove to people that it can be done, right? And I, I talked about it before. You can talk about it, but you got to be about it, right? Mm-hmm. Don't talk about it. Be about it. it. So now we're taking action to accrue to a healthier lifestyle. Again, we'll talk more about that in another show. But we have some people here, and each of you, we talked about relationships other, earlier. And you uh, talked about you were in a toxic relationship, and we, I had you on a radio show, and we were talking about, what's his name? Oh, R. Kelly. So when, when the R. Kelly thing came out and you said, Tracy, you know what really hit me was these women who were in these toxic, in this relationship. And can you tell us a little bit about that really quickly? we got like literally three minutes. Well, the biggest thing was they had people around them and they weren't comfortable with sharing what they so were So the women that were in these in toxic the relationships. Had resources. They had families and so forth around them, friends, and they didn't feel comfortable sharing their relationship. And that's the part of that situation that I identified with. Mm-hmm. So I reached out, you know, and I was talking to Tracy and I was like, you know, we're really good friends. Like we're like sisters, you know, like mm-hmm. that kind mm-hmm. of thing um, where unconditionally we know that we're going to be there with each other. 100%. But yet and still at a time when I felt I was in that situation, I didn't feel comfortable speaking with her about it. And that's what I wanted to change. That's why I was like, you know what? We need to start having this conversation start talking about it so we can mm-hmm. set up a place where people feel that they can communicate and being intentional about it. So that when you say, how are you, you do really say how you are in opposed to giving a canned answer of what you think people want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like we, we, we have Dr. Tart come on the show regularly, and she talks about mental health. So this show is about mental health and physical health, and it's about you know transformation and being your best self. But it's you have to be okay not being okay. Mm-hmm. You have to be okay putting it out there. When I say I'm fat, I'm fat, but I'm okay, right? I'm just going putting it out there so that we can talk about the transition that I'm making intentionally, the choices I'm making throughout the day right mm-hmm. so when you talk about transitioning getting out of a toxic relationship first you have to acknowledge that you're in one right there has to be some acknowledgement the current state why was that so hard for you because, because again expect- i was hurt right i was like but I, but the expectation no that you have these these um roles that we all set up for us like you're supposed to be the strong one you're the successful one or you know she thinks so highly of me because i'm such a great parent you know and she always says such positive affirming things to me that when i didn't want to not disappoint her but you you don't want to see yourself in a different light but to show growth and change let's take it to another place this was almost a year ago so right now i'm in a transitional phase in my life and i the contract i was working on ended and I was like, hey, I don't know what to do next. I picked up the phone. It's been seven years almost since Tracy's been in Seattle. Six. six. Mm-hmm. And I picked up the phone and I said, Tracy, I'm coming to Seattle. I was like, I'm in a transitional phase. You're the friend that I know that will that you and I align to get to that place. There was no more shame. There was no more questions. There was no more doubt. And here I am. And here we are. Just literally. Within, when are you coming? When are you coming? And that was it. I'm but in. that shows where having that conversation and opening up those lines of communication mm-hmm. changes the way you deal with the situation the next time. Right. And right. So you guys understand what she just said. She was in a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. 
where you felt like, can you tell us a little bit about it? He was, he was he a was narcissist and, you know. Emotional, you felt like he was right. some emotional and abuse. Maybe. Coming from being a single parent, I found a great guy, thought it was my turn, and I was just so happy to be with somebody that your son wanted was in to college be now. Yes. And so it was like, oh, I don't want to let that go. So you put a blind eye to the things that you should be seeing because mm-hmm. you think it's what you want. And so, so you there know, were red flag, there were orange flags, yellow flags, <laughs> orange flags that turned into red flags. And you're like, this is some shenanigans. But you didn't know how to get out of it. And you, right. you were at that point, you said you were embarrassed to even admit that you were in a right. toxic relationship. And you're like, how is this me? Because I'm strong and I'm this and I'm that. But you couldn't get out. And I couldn't help you because you wouldn't. I wouldn't you tell her. You didn't right. share it. Right. How so. many of you are in, are in something, doing something, or in a space? where you're not willing to admit, truly admit to yourself or to another person, you know, that you're hurting or that you have a need. Well, that's why we all sitting up here telling our stories of transformation. And I'm not there yet. None of us are there. But we're trying to get to that next level, right? It's all bigger than me, baby. So I'm going to ask you to think about that one area of your life that you want to change or to improve, right? And talk to someone, pray about it, you know, just realize that you're not alone and it's okay not to be okay. So tell us a little bit about what you did. You got out of the relationship eventually. And you acknowledged it. And then what have you been doing? Real quick, three minutes. Intentional choices. You know, I've made the decision. I started going to the movies by myself. Didn't. So, so, I, so you were, I mean, I'm going to bridge the gap because mm-hmm. I feel like we've had some conversations with those who don't know what, what. So you were in this talk as a relationship and you were in another state. Right. Away from the crew that we used to hang out with in, in Florida which was another level of isolation because she physically wasn't around those people mm-hmm. that you could hang with. So then you actually, you moved back to Florida. Right. And okay. you made some choices about not getting back into another relationship because you wanted to heal right. to be your best self, mm-hmm. to transform, to make sure she was okay mm-hmm. before getting into something else and making sure that that was not a need. Mm-hmm. Am I correct? And all the things that I started to do were things that I can do with someone else. So that I didn't create a space where I was isolating myself and not being healthy and be able to move on to another relationship. So I I started, you know, working out. I started going to the movies. Those are things that you could do collectively with people or you can go by yourself and you could still have the same outcome. So as you know, so everything that I did was purposeful and intentional so that. I wouldn't stay in that place because you have to let yourself heal. You have to let mm-hmm. yourself grow. You have to overcome it and not just make that it becomes a part of your chapter and not your story. Mm-hmm. Did you guys hear that? I'm so, I love you so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So listen, we're in transition. We're transforming as we speak. Mm-hmm. Right? And you were talking about some things you've learned. Any, any, any poem or anything else you want to share? I say something to what yes. she just said. Yes, please. I intentionally stayed alone. Um, I isolated myself, even from like friendships and whatnot. I was in, in, I was very intent and focused on doing better for myself and my kids. Mm-hmm. But every time I did entertain a friendship or um, a possible relationship, I took notes and I was very, I had a heightened sense of awareness of what was going on. And I constantly reviewed my behavior. Why did I react that way? Why did I do this? Mm-hmm. And so after doing that for a long period of time, being alone, it gets to the point where uh, I was going out, doing all those things by myself. I I might go out maybe three times a year. And I noticed that when I did go out, I ended up crying Mm. by myself. 
And that was also an important transition because I had gotten so strong by myself and I had healed so much. It was working so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't even seeing the the BS that was trying to come my way because it wasn't vibrating high enough See? to make it past my, my blocks. But then I had to acknowledge what are my needs. Mm. I have a human need for another human being, for friends, for relationships. And so it's scary once you go through that healing to begin again mm-hmm. and and to open yourself back up again to acknowledge that, hey, I think I need to date again. I think I need mm. I need love, you know, f- from more than I, just I my love, kids. I love the I need. One of the things we're going to do, we're going to talk about in one of our next shows, is this concept of being able to communicate differently. We as a people... Mm-hmm. Being able to communicate differently. One of my favorite books is by Marshall Goldberg, and it's actually called um, uh, Nonviolent Communication. She just nodded your head. What do you know about it? Pull, pull it forward. What do you know about Michael Go- Marshall Goldberg, or what do you know about this concept of nonviolent communication? Why is that so important? Well, I think it's important because our words mean something. Mm-hmm. Our words can hurt. Mm-hmm. When you say something, you can't take it back. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, it's something that you remember and resonates in your soul. Yeah. And I think there's a way you can communicate effectively without being violent. Mm-hmm. And, and the term violent doesn't mean physically violent. No. When he talks about that, it's just that we don't necessarily uh, use words like I need. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's not you did something to me. What I heard, what I what I wrote down here, you said before, if we don't like what we see, we have to take accountability mm-hmm. Like we have to choose different actions. You talked about being intentional to you is about showing progress. Yes. And so we're going to continue that conversation with a couple minutes that we have left. So we're going to continue that conversation in, an, in, an, in another show as it relates to communication, whether it's mm-hmm. communication with family, with your, your children, with the mates that you choose to be with, with friends, within business relationships and partnerships, et cetera. But being able to, to choose words, to choose language, to, to, to be able to acknowledge your needs mm-hmm. and be able to actually move forward, mm-hmm. right, with accomplishing the goals that you need to accomplish. So, Mama, t- t- tell me this, this concept. We've got two minutes. So this concept of communication. Well, I think as far as communication, period, there's mm-hmm. timing. So mm-hmm. I always ask myself, is this the right time to discuss this with my mm-hmm. husband? Nice. You know, so... Timing's one of them, but two, am I communicating when I'm upset? I try to communicate when I'm not upset because the Mm. words are not going to come out nice. Mm. So I have to self-reflect on myself. Am I calm? Is this good timing? And then what am I trying to come across? And I try to stay out of the blame game. You, this happened because of you. I'm upset because of you. Absolutely. No, I try to stay away from blaming. I also think that when you give. criticism Mm -hmm. it should be in a loving way absolutely and not a judgmental way so so, like i said we have a whole nother show guys to come talk about again being intentional so being intentional applies to everything did you hear today we talked about community work we talked about you know raising amazing children intentionally we talked about relationships and healing intentionally i mean everything that you want to accomplish in life requires intention but let me also be clear it requires action as well when i think about a bigger than me moment it is very very clear that these individuals here are are, are living their best life we're all on a journey but we're living our best life Mm. and i encourage each of you to think about what is that thing that you want to accomplish that you want to do better at that you want to achieve or or an example that you want to set for others so this is tracy harrell i'm getting the double down wrap up so guess what we're going to do we're going to ask you to come back and join us next week this is tracy harrell and this is how we end the show baby it's It's bigger bigger than than me me.